Exclusive games can help players decide where they should play based on where their favorite franchise is, and we've already taken a look at ranking Xbox Game Studios as well as ranking PlayStation Studios in our first two installments. But outside of exclusive games, there is a plethora of third-party studios developing amazing experiences on these consoles, and oftentimes, it's these third-party titles that become the greatest-selling games of the year, just like how Call of Duty has been one of the best-selling games every year. This made me wonder just how third-party studios stack up against one another. It can also be hard to separate smaller studios inside a big conglomerate, so for the most part, we're going to try to separate the smaller studios that are more well-known, including ranking DICE and Respawn separately even though they are owned by EA. Or another example would be rating Eidos Montreal and Crystal Dynamics separately even though they are both owned by Square Enix. For this installment of Studio Rankings, we are going to be taking a look at big-budget third-party studios, meaning that even though most of these studios are technically independent, we're going to be focusing on the bigger studios and save actually smaller indie studios for another list. This week on the Video Games Podcast. Since defining what exactly is a third-party studio that is independent differs from what is an indie studio, I think it's going to be important to lay out some ground rules for this list as always. Rule number one, no one-hit wonders. We are only going to be including studios with at least two games on their resume. Rule number two, the studio needs to be fairly active, which means that only studios with at least two games on the past decade are going to be included. Rule number three, there will be a recency bias, and this means that the last effort means the most and carries more weight towards the studio's final score, and this is going to be achieved by multiplying the most recent release score by 1.1. Rule number four, no VR or mobile games will be included, no matter how good or how bad, we're only going to be looking at core releases. Rule number five, this list will be console-focused, meaning that the release of a game needs to be primarily console-based. And this means that a studio like Riot with a recent game including Valorant won't be included on this list, as that game, as well as the rest of their games, are PC-focused. Rule number six, no remakes, only original entries. And this means that games like Mass Effect Legendary Edition, although it did help Bioware's reputation, won't be included on this list either. Rule number seven, many studios do collaborations with other studios, but only games that are wholly developed by that studio are going to be calculated. That means a game like Rage 2 that was co-developed by Avalanche and id won't be included when calculating the score of Avalanche. And finally, rule number eight, no annualized sports installments. So any EA sports titles, 2K sports titles, those are all going to be left in the dark. With likely hundreds, if not thousands, of third-party development studios, this list would take forever if we tried to rank every single one, which is why the focus is on the high-budget and high-profile studios. And for this list, we are only going to be discussing the top five studios based on their calculated rating, but there will be a few studios that just miss the mark of being included in the top five, and it seems only fair to give them just a little time in the spotlight. Just missing the top five is a tale of two cities with CD Projekt Red on the downward slope with the very publicly maligned Cyberpunk 2077, and on the flip side you have a studio like Remedy coming off a very strong release with Control in 2019 that have put them into the mainstream spotlight after the Xbox One exclusive Quantum Break 
failed to catch fire with the movie game hybrid style. And finally, you also have a studio like Eidos Montreal that has shown consistency with Deus Ex Mankind Divided and Shadow of the Tomb Raider. But more than likely, that studio is going to be moving down with their upcoming Guardians of the Galaxy based on how it just doesn't look like an upper echelon title. These are just three studios that barely missed the top five. Before diving into the top five third-party studios, it's important to remember that there are likely many studios that were forgotten from this list, but we did our best to include as many of the big players in the gaming industry as we could think of. And this is also not a definitive list, but it's always just fun to make lists as a talking point, and hopefully you'll have some fun. Coming in at fifth place is IO Interactive with 88.25. Just beating out Bungie by a hair is IO Interactive, who have become well known for the Hitman series, a series that has had its share of ups and downs over the years since its initial release back in the year 2000, but over the past three entries, they have released arguably some of the best the series has ever seen. IO Interactive has primarily focused on Hitman with 8 of their 12 games developed, featuring Agent 47. When Hitman saw a reboot in 2016 with an episodic nature, it was met with mixed reception as many thought that the product felt unfinished. But in retrospect, when judging Hitman as a full package, it was actually a very solid reboot of the franchise that was the seedling for two solid sequels, both of which abandoned the episodic release schedule and releasing in episodes wasn't all bad news as it always kept Hitman in the conversation which would pay dividends for the subsequent releases. It has been an adventurous two decades for IOI as they have been owned by both IDOS Interactive and Square Enix, but after Square felt the studio underperformed with Hitman, they started seeking a buyer for the studio. Unfortunately, IO was in a place where they were able to reacquire their independence and on top of that, they were able to retain the rights to the Hitman franchise, which is pretty incredible. And for Hitman 3, IO was able to self-publish and reap the rewards of all the years of hard work. And not only is Hitman 3 on the shortlist for Game of the Year 2021, but after just a week of release and thanks to self-publishing, the studio was able to recoup its development costs. IOI feels like an underdog story who has been working very hard and it's finally great to see their hard work pay off, but it was clearly more than just fans and critics who took notice at IOI's recent high-quality Hitman trilogy, as shortly after the release of Hitman 3, the studio announced a new partnership with MGM to develop a James Bond game, and based on the quality of the recent Hitman entries... 007 might finally see some success again in the gaming market, and although not much is known about what fans can expect on the new 007 game, you can base it on their recent releases, I think it's going to be safe to assume that it's going to be a third-person adventure, and also based on their recent trajectory over the past generation, it's going to be safe to assume that it should be excellent as well. Coming in at fourth place is Respawn with 88.5. Respawn existence as a studio is still quite short, however, in just over a decade, the story of this studio is many chapters long. Respawn started out as just a few leads that worked at Infinity Ward that created the biggest revolutionary change in first-person shooters since Halo launched alongside the Xbox. Call of Duty Modern Warfare changed the game and became a critical and commercial success for the studio, and every shooter after was trying to capture this modern military magic that Infinity War did in 2007. And after some lengthy contract troubles and legal battles with Activision, it all ended with an out-of-court settlement in 2010. 
Out of the ashes, the independent studio Respawn was formed by Jason West and Vince Ampella, and shortly after, there was a mass exodus of employees leaving Infinity Ward to join the pair at Respawn Entertainment. And four years later, and some funding from EA, Titanfall was released as an Xbox exclusive that featured an incredible balance between giant mechs and human pilots, as well as an incredible traversal system with jetpacks and wall running. And whether due to the exclusivity deal with Microsoft or the essentially multiplayer-only element of the game, Titanfall wasn't quite the success that many were hoping it would be. The good news is that the game did well enough to warrant a sequel, which would be released just a little over two short years later, and leading up to the release of Titanfall 2, it seemed like people would finally be taking notice of just how amazing this series and the team at Respawn was, and this was all thanks to the game being multi-platform for the sequel, as well as including a full campaign. Unfortunately, Titanfall 2 missed the mark again, with many attributing its failure to the launch window that EA decided to release the game in. It was sandwiched right in between two of the biggest and well-established shooter franchises, Call of Duty and Battlefield. And despite having one of the best single-player first-person shooter campaigns ever with some of the best mechanics in a first-person shooter ever, Titanfall 2 underperformed and the series has been dormant ever since. In 2017, after being independent for seven years, Respawn was acquired by EA for up to $164 million, which looking back at some of the other acquisitions that have happened in the gaming landscape over the past decade, and seeing how things have played out with Respawn since, this kind of feels like a bargain price. Post-EA acquisition, Respawn has released the ultra-successful Apex Legends that surprise dropped as a free-to-play battle royale with legend abilities that separated it from the competition. It also included some of the mobility that Titanfall was known for, and Respawn has continued to support Apex, making it a pillar of EA's portfolio. And Respawn has also showed their ability to craft more than just first-person shooters with the release of Star Wars Jedi Fallen Order, which was on the shortlist as one of the best games of 2019. The great news moving forward with Respawn is that since their formation, they have continued to grow and expand, meaning that more projects from the studio are likely to happen on a higher frequency, and their last release was 2019's Fallen Order, meaning that new projects for the team are likely on the near horizon. Coming in at third place is Capcom with a rating of 90.2. Capsule computers, or as we all know them, Capcom, have been around since the 1970s, but it wasn't until the mid to late 80s when the company released games that they would go on to be classics such as Street Fighter, Ghosts and Goblins, Mega Man, and 1942 that they would gain a reputation for such quality games. Capcom would continue to create world-class franchises that included Resident Evil and Monster Hunter, which have combined to sell almost 200 million units. Over the last four decades, Capcom has had plenty of ups and downs, but as of right now, they seem to be constantly on the upward trajectory, and it wasn't that long ago that Capcom seemed to be losing their magic touch, and this is best exemplified with Resident Evil. The farther Resident Evil moved away from survival horror and became more action-focused, the more it became boring and uninspired. Gamers are still looking for grounded experiences, but Resident Evil 5, and to a greater degree, Resident Evil 6 took the series away from everything that made it special in the beginning. This caused an inflection point for the makers of Resident Evil to go back to the drawing board and see what made the series popular in the first place. Despite commercial sales of Resident Evil 6, Capcom clearly had data showing that the fan base was falling away, and this paved the way for the series to hit the reset button with Resident Evil 7 and go back to the basics of the series with one big change. And this big change was the move to first-person perspective, although seemingly odd at first, suited the series very well. 
Resident Evil 7 started in a small confined plantation house with an average protagonist out of his elements dealing with an unknown horror, and these are all parallels to the formula of the original Resident Evil. Moving forward, Capcom have plenty of IP in their catalog to continue on this upwards climb. Their 2018 reboot of Mega Man with Mega Man 11 does leave the door open for a sequel with some improvements and updates, and Resident Evil has seen a renaissance since the release of Resident Evil 7 Biohazard in 2017 and has seen great critical and commercial response since. Monster Hunter also has plenty of options with the releases exclusively on Nintendo Switch with Monster Hunter Rise and elsewhere with Monster Hunter World and seeing great success all of these options are pretty much open and you could make a long list of IP that Capcom should create a new entry with but the point is that they have plenty of options in terms of revisiting some of their dormant IP such as Marvel vs. Capcom or Lost Planet but they also have enough success with their current hits that the future looks pretty bright for the studio. Coming in at second place is From Software with a rating of 94. If there is one company on this list that seems to have the most devoted fan base and avid defenders, it would easily be From Software, who over the past decade have gone from something of a cult favorite developer to the mainstream. From Software have been developing games since the early 90s but remain largely unknown to the majority of gamers until 2009 when they released Demon Souls. They followed up with the success of this title with Dark Souls and Dark Souls 2. However, it seems the company was taken to another echelon when they released the PlayStation 4 exclusive Bloodborne in 2015. It kept everything that Souls games were known for, but it added a slight level of accessibility, not only with its lore of Yarnum, but with a slightly more forgiving combat system that increased the speed and agility of the player. The growing knowledge of who From Software was, thanks to the releases of the Souls series and Bloodborne, resonated with commercial sales for Dark Souls 3, with publisher Bandai Namco announcing a little over a month later that the game had sold over 3 million copies, and as of today, the game has sold over 10 million copies. This was a market improvement from Bloodborne, which only sold around 2 million copies in its first year. Word of mouth was constantly growing for this studio. Mainstream success not only gained new fans and buyers of their games, but it also garnered attention of larger publishers, and as a result of their last game, Sekiro Shadows Die Twice, it was published by Activision. As expected, Sekiro fell in line with the rest of From Software's offerings, rating in the 90s or above from most outlets, and even ended up winning Best Action Adventure Game from the Game Awards in 2019. And the rising sales trend continued, as Sekiro sold over 2 million copies in just first 10 days. Looking ahead is the highly anticipated Elden Ring that features collaboration with Game of Thrones author George R.R. R. Martin, and publishing has also returned to Bandai Namco, and the game doesn't look like a far departure for what the studio has become known for, meaning that it would be a fairly safe bet to assume that Elden Ring will score in the 90s and will sell around 2 million copies in its first week. I think the biggest change with Elden Ring looks to be the addition of exploration as a key pillar of the titles, as opposed to gaining skills and leveling up through combat, although it's a safe assumption that combat will be hard as nails. From Software are easily one of the safest bets in the video game industry. Their products are familiar, yet different enough from one another, and they always feature a solid foundation of game mechanics and world building. From Software is also one of the smaller studios that was considered for best third-party studio, with just over 300 employees, which means that they are fighting well above their weight class like most of the characters in their games, and I'm sure a parallel can be drawn between how they feel as a smaller studio and the characters that they create. 
Coming in at first place is Rockstar Games with a rating of 101.85. There was never any doubt that Rockstar Games was going to be the top studio on the list. Since Grand Theft Auto hit the scene in 99, Rockstar has been making headlines for good or bad, but one thing has become constant with the studio. Their games are not just important in the gaming world, but they hit the mainstream as well. Grand Theft Auto V became the fastest selling entertainment product in history, earning $800 million in just its first day, and within three days broke a billion. It's also a testament just how well-liked Grand Theft Auto V is, as well as Grand Theft Auto Online, that the game continues to be ported to just about everything since its original release in 2013 on the PlayStation 3 and the Xbox 360, and with phenomenal sales that have accumulated for over 150 million copies sold, which was reported by Take-Two in an annual report, and this makes it the second best-selling game of all time, only behind Minecraft, which is much more family-friendly and much more widely accessible on everything including mobile and Nintendo Switch. The fact that Grand Theft Auto V was released two generations of consoles ago and is still going to be ported to the PlayStation 5 and Xbox Series X and S and is going to sell very well shows just how ahead of the time the game was and the technology was that almost a decade later, it won't look out of place among new releases for these next-gen consoles. The studio has become known for much more than just Grand Theft Auto as numerous franchises have been successful since, including Midnight Club, Max Payne, and obviously Red Dead. In 2018, Rockstar released the Western masterpiece Red Dead Redemption 2, and while not on the same level of mainstream success as Grand Theft Auto, Red Dead Redemption 2 released with phenomenal commercial success. It wasn't all positive, as many felt the game was too slow and considered the game boring as the game forced slow walking in many areas to increase the realism and immersion in the story as opposed to running through an important plot point. People that were upset with Red Dead Redemption 2 were a drop in the bucket compared to the people that were enamored with this masterpiece. Red Dead Redemption 2 has managed to sell over 38 million copies and currently has an average rating of 97. Every bit of Red Dead Redemption 2 oozed with polish and care from the visuals, the story, the voice acting, the score, and everything in between. Looking ahead for the studio, there is the next-gen versions of Grand Theft Auto V that will release in 2022, Grand Theft Auto Online, which is an obvious cash cow for the company that will continue to be largely supported, and obviously the recently announced Grand Theft Auto Trilogy, the definitive edition that will feature Grand Theft Auto 3, San Andreas, and Vice City. And there's also been recent speculation that Grand Theft Auto 6 is deep in production, but like all of Rockstar's other titles, they require a lengthy development time, with Red Dead Redemption 2 taking approximately 8 years. As of now, the current anticipated date for Grand Theft Auto 6 is around 2024 or 2025. There you have it, the top 5 rated third-party gaming studios. Not only are these the top 5 rated and most consistent gaming studios around right now, but looking at these top 5, the future only looks brighter for every studio on this list. That's all this week for the Video Games Podcast. If you enjoyed the show, consider subscribing if you haven't already. And please remember to be nice to your fellow gamer, but more importantly, be nice to your fellow human.